Hey, I'm Daniel, and welcome to the Milwaukee Chi Alpha Podcast. What you're going to get from this podcast is biblical encouragement for college students in Milwaukee. And if you don't fit that description, this can still be a good listen for you. What you're about to listen to is our sermon series called Sent. We're studying the book of Acts, the ordinary people who had an extraordinary story. So uh, back in 2020, in March of 2020, uh, when COVID was a rampant and still is, but um, when we were all in lockdown, um, I and a bunch of other people, while we were in lockdown, would go uh, go for some walks. And um, I really used this time to uh, kind of escape from my where I was uh, seated at in my house. Um, it, there was always a TV on, and my parents were there, and so this was really good alone time for me, and um, I'd make sure to take advantage of that, um, specifically with prayer. Um, So I would use this time to pray, um, and I remember there was this one afternoon that I was just hanging out with God, praying, and I really wasn't focused. Um, I was really distracted, and I remember coming, like, to an end of my prayer time and stuff, and I remember thinking, like, man, that was a really bad, like, prayer session I had. Um, I think I need to, like, do that over again. And I think this is one of my biggest struggles uh, in my walk with God is essentially believing um, or worrying that the things that I do or the person that I am is not good enough for God. Um, And I think we all struggle with this at times, and there's a really large spectrum of how, like, we react to this. So for me, a lot of times it's where I um, start to try really hard in areas that I struggle Um, And I become really legalistic and always looking at my conduct. Um, That can be super unhealthy because uh, you get you start to get defined by who by what you do, not who you are. Um, And then on the other side of the spectrum, you have people who kind of just are really apathetic about this. They get overwhelmed by uh, how much how many problems they have once they see that. Um, And it's like, how can God use me? Like, uh, like I have so much problems, and they just kind of give up. And the problem with that is, like, you miss so much of God, and you miss so much of what he wants to do in and through you. Um, So tonight, I want to look at a character in Acts who, by human standards, um, definitely was not good enough to be used by God. And in fact, I'll go as far as saying this. um, You can be trying to literally kill Jesus Christ himself, and you are still good enough to be used by God. Um, because of this man and his story. <laughs> so uh, we're going to be in Acts 9 tonight, so I'll give you all a second to turn there. Acts chapter 9, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 19. Uh, Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogue in Damascus. Um, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, which is Christianity, um, <coughs> whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light flashed from heaven around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. 
I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So, excuse me, I had a burp there. Um, so they led him by the hand uh, into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I've heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to us all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show, you how mu I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes. He could see again. <clears throat> he got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. Um, so yeah, I want to break this down a little bit. Um, so we have Saul, who, if you're curious, is Paul, um, who basically wrote like half of the New Testament. And if you're wondering uh, what happened with the name change, essentially my understanding is that uh, his Hebrew name was Saul and his Roman name was Paul. Um, and so I'll be referring to him as Paul for the rest of this sermon. And um, yeah, so at this point, uh, Paul hates Christianity. Um, he is zealous for what he believes is the truth and thinks that uh, these heretics, from his perspective, uh, he has to do anything that he can to make sure that they're taken care of. Um, so while Paul has all these plans to persecute the church and to persecute Jesus, um, they get interrupted by Jesus on his way to Damascus. Um, and this is a really awesome moment that I wish I could talk about more. Um, but right now what I want to focus on is where Paul is at in this moment and what he does in the future. So where Paul is at right now and then what he's going to do in the future. Um, Paul is the enemy of the church and the enemy of Jesus. Yet in verse 15, Jesus tells Ananias, this man is my chosen instrument. Um, Jesus takes an enemy of the church and turns him into probably the greatest missionary who ever lived. So <clears throat> now we're going to watch a two-minute clip about Paul's life. And um, this it's from the Bible Project. Um, and so this clip, what I want you guys to really focus on um, is his future. So the clip starts about, um, I don't know the exact date, but years after this moment that we're in in chapter 9. And so what I want you guys to look at is what is God doing through him and what are the effects that happen because of the work that Jesus is doing in him and uh, around other people. So uh, go ahead and play it.
Sweet. Um, so if you could go to the map, Jeff. So Jeff is going to put up a map. And uh, basically what it is is uh, the, it's the same thing that you saw on the video um, of Paul's missionary journeys. And yeah, there it is. So all the effects that Paul had over the Roman world. Um, and so in the video, if you didn't catch it, what these little dots are representing are basically the lives that Paul transformed while he was going on his missionary trips. Um, and so it doesn't show it here, but later in his life, he'll also go to uh, where it says Italia right there, modern day Italy, and proclaim the gospel there. Um, so Paul is uh, doing incredible things across the Roman world. Um, and all of this goes back to this moment that we're at in chapter 9, where Jesus comes to him when he's trying to kill him, when he's trying to persecute the church. And Jesus comes and says, this is my chosen instrument. Um, and so with this being Missions Week, I think I'd be missing an opportunity if I didn't talk about how there's, there could be someone in this room that has an effect like that on the world. Um, the thing is, is that Paul isn't the only one who's God's chosen instrument. We all are. Um, we're all called to do what he did, which is make disciples who make disciples of all nations. However, the where we do that, when we do that, how we do that, with who, all of that is up to Jesus. And uh, until then, we do simple obedience, doing the best we can, making the disciples along the way. And so Jesus used Paul to proclaim his name to the Gentiles and to the people of Israel. Um, and so the question that I want to pose to you guys is, where does God want you to proclaim his name after college? or 10 years from now. And before I continue on um, talking about the future, um, there's a part in this passage that I kind of want to highlight. Um, it's Acts chapter, or Acts chapter 9 uh, when uh, Ananias is brought into the picture. Um, so he doesn't come up a lot in the book of Acts, but we know from other passages that he is um, a devout follower of Jesus and um, very respected. Um, so Verse 11 says, uh, The Lord told him, Go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. And so this is something pretty scary for uh, Ananias. Um, Saul's trying to kill everyone that's in, uh, involved in the church. And so uh, God telling him to do this is like, what are you doing? <laughs> um, so verse 13 um, Lord, Ananias answered, I've heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done for your holy people in Jerusalem. And he's come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. But Ananias walks in obedience to Jesus. He helps Paul in this really hard and trivial moment. And so the next question I want to prompt you guys with is, what does God want you to do in this moment? Ananias is helping one of the greatest missionaries who ever lived. And maybe God is calling you to do something similar right now. Not all of us can have the effect that Paul did um, in ancient Rome or now, but um, going across the world and working miracles, that's something that we can do if we walk in obedience to God. Um, but that might not be what God is calling you to right now. Maybe he wants you to pray for the next Paul. Um, 
So Jeff, if you could come up. Um, so what I, what I want us to do is to take a minute and to pray um, about two things. Um, the first is, in this passage, we see the beginning of Paul's journey, um, and I highlighted the future that he has. And um, I want you to take a minute and to pray and ask Jesus, what does he want for your future? When you're done with college, when uh, it's 10 years from now, where does God want you to be? What does he want you to be doing? Um, pray and listen to the Lord. Um, seek his will. But I think sometimes when we do that, especially in this specific moment, uh, sometimes we don't hear anything or we don't feel anything. And so if that's you, then don't be afraid to dream and to cast vision on what God wants you to do. Um, Joe, who was a missionary at our SALT conference, talked about how um, it's a lot easier for God to stop us than it is for him to get us going. So um, pray for the future. What does God want you to do after this season of your life? So the second thing is um, the other person that I talked about in this passage was Ananias. And so with him, um, he was moving and working in this moment in Acts chapter 9 while Paul had his whole future ahead of him. Um, so I want to ask you guys again, what does God want you to do right now in this moment? Um, as a freshman, as a grad student, anywhere in between, um, again, I want you guys to just pray, seek God's will. What, is, what, do, what do you think he's trying to tell you? But if you don't hear anything, think about what a simple act of obedience that you can do this week. Um, so going back before I close um, to verse 15, it says, This man, who this is Jesus talking about Paul, is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. And so, yes, this is specifically talking about Paul, but at the end of the day, we're all God's chosen instruments to make disciples who make disciples. So going back to, to the start of my sermon, are we good enough to be used by God? I think the truth of the matter is that on our own, we're not. Um, the best that we can do won't even amount to what Jesus needs from us. But the great thing is, is that the greater truth is that Jesus' love and grace is enough to cover our deficiencies. So can you imagine what would happen if our world didn't let our, def our deficiencies, our insecurities um, hold us back from doing what God was calling us to? What if we said yes to Jesus as we are? Look at Paul and his life. Change the world. Lives would be changed and Jesus would be glorified if we all said yes to Jesus as we are. Um, so let's take some time to pray and listen to the Holy Spirit. And again, if it's not clear what we're doing, simply what does God want you to do in the future? What does God want you to do right now? Um, so Jesus, I thank you for this time that we have, Lord, and Missions Week, and I pray, Lord, that you would call people right now, Lord, that you would impress on their hearts, Lord, that you're calling them, whether it's overseas, whether it's in the marketplace, or whether it's just to their families, Lord, that you would call people to be ministers to those around them, and that they would be disciple-makers who make disciples. Speak to us now, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram at MilwaukeeXA to keep up to date on our events and services. Or stop by Bolton Hall Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. in room B40.